This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. guys and welcome to another episode of the jason tales outdoor podcast brought to you by wild edge inc if you're new to the show welcome to the podcast where we try to inspire you to get outdoors and chase your passions chase your dreams and we do that here by sharing awesome stories from all over the globe from africa to canada we got it all no subject is is uh, safe and we just seek to bring the, the, the most awesome experiences we can find, the most awesome tales, chasing tales, we possibly can. So thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Walt. Before we get to the show today, I just want to say thanks to Wild Edge, Inc., the title sponsor of the podcast. They have the most simple, effective, and efficient way to climb any tree you need to. I encourage you to go check out wildedgeinc.com and use the promo code ChasingTales. 10 that's chasing tails one zero to save fifteen dollars on any order of steps i believe without shipping it's like 95 dollars for a set of eight and a bag and i can assure you that with a little bit of practice that will do everything you need it to and more we've got some exciting things coming down the pipe in fact i've got a video camera now and i'm working with a couple guys to put together some awesome videos for you all so stay tuned to the youtube channel and and, and be plugged in so that you don't miss any of the excitement that's coming down the pipe my my Florida deer season is well underway, and uh, before too long, hopefully, we'll, I'll have my own stories to share with you. And with that, let's get to this week's episode. On the phone, I have got a freaking legend, a guy that uh, needs no introduction, but I'm going to do my best to introduce this joker anyways. Um, if, if you have been following me for any duration and you've seen my interest in saddle hunting pop up, if you've seen my interest in 
conservation matters increase or traditional archery, the man that is behind that and so many of the guests that I have had on the podcast to date is on the phone now, Sean Clarkson. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I don't know about the legend thing. I mean, I, I don't know. Legends are famous. I might just be infamous. <laughs> you ought to be famous. We're going to do our part to, to make you famous today. So, Yeah, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I have a feeling there's going to be about a, a half dozen other podcast hosts that are going to listen to this podcast, and uh, they're going to be beating down your door, I guarantee it, by the time this is all said and done. Yeah, well... Uh, let's let's not you know let's not lose our mind o- anyway. op- open invitation everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> well uh before we get to today's story which i think everybody's going to really enjoy because it seems like it was uh, rather eventful and by no means was cut and dry uh why don't you give everybody maybe a brief rundown of who you are and where you hunt uh okay who i am uh Sean Clarkson, uh, born and raised in Central Virginia, a little little area called Nelson County, which is halfway between Charlottesville and Lynchburg. Um, It was middle of nowhere when I was born and raised and growing up there. Uh, It has been semi-discovered, which, you know, y'all take that as you may. Uh, Let's put it this way. If you you have devil's backbone beer or bold rock or uh, any number of other things that come out of there. Nelson's always been famous for its alcohol. It's just mostly legal now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's a great place to grow up where I hunt. I, let's see. I've, I've lived up and down the East coast. I've spent about eight years in upstate, uh, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, working and living up there, Carolinas for a while, but, uh, I'm back home in Virginia. Now I hunt, uh, I hunt a mix of, uh, public and private, um, in and around central Virginia. Uh, I'm trying to stay out of the swamps because I ain't lost nothing good there. And I plan on trying not to. <laughs> well, you are a traditional bow hunter extra- extraordinaire. I think this year you've only hunted with the compound. What once twice. Once. Yeah. 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 I, I hunt with everything. I mean, I hunt with trad bows, compound bows. I don't currently have a crossbow, but that's just my thing. But, you know, muzzleloaders, modern, inline, traditional, you name it. If it's season's in, if they, if they opened up a season for a, you know, for a, a, a sling or a spear, I might give it a try. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and your, your pursuit is not as limited as some people, including myself. I mean, it, it seems like there, if there's an open season, you find time to go out there. And on top of that, uh, I used to rib you about no kills on, on Facebook or, you know, no, no, no gripping grins, but, uh, you've got a whole catalog of punch tags and, and squirrel tails laying around the house to, <laughs> to, to yeah, make I up for to that. Take, I try to take pictures of attractive things and that leaves me out. <laughs> well, they tell me I have a face for, for audio. So that's where I sit. <laughs> we might be two peas in a pod right now. Exactly, brother. I got you. I want that camera pointed in any direction except at me. (laughs) I think, in fact, I found a selfie of you one time on Facebook and sent you a photo of it. And all you could see, I think, was maybe your eyes. Uh, Yeah, even that was too much. And that was too much. You were like, oh, didn't know that one was still up there and took it down. (laughs) Yep. Um, Well, so you have always spent, and by always, the probably the last year about how long have we known each other now almost a year maybe? Uh, a couple of years yeah couple a couple of years, of years. and uh you, you have always uh praised one state out of the 50 uh a, as a sportsman's paradise you you 
we Idaho? Talk- Absolutely. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> the the lover state is the one you constantly uh, hold yeah, in high No, regard. Virginia Virginia is overlooked, I think, but I don't want to say that too loud because then people will start looking at it. Yeah, well, um, you know, we've got we've got a we've got a really great lineup of game. Um, you know, you're not going to find Virginia dominating the Boone and Crockett or Pope and Young record books for anything. Um, but there's enough stuff here, and the populations are strong enough and growing that. Um, if you enjoy being outside and the pursuit that is hunting uh, beyond just the, the chase for inches, it's a great place to live and and, uh, and to pursue things. And the fishing ain't bad either. No, and a lot. And the, the 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 coolest thing I think about Virginia is just the total diversity of things that you can hunt um, and fish, for that matter. I mean, you've got saltwater to, to freshwater trout. I mean, yeah, you can you can go out of you can go out of Virginia Beach or or any of the inlets down there along uh along the mouth of the chesapeake and be into deep water blue water stuff for for tuna and and marlin all the way to headwater six inch brook trout everything in between um and as far as hunting you know again you got the atlantic flyway for everything that comes down on the wing deer bear turkey in a couple of years i suspect we're probably going to have a lottery draw for elk mm um you know upland game not as many rabbits as we used to have more squirrels than you could possibly count um i mean it's it's not it, it's not paradise it's not perfect but it ain't bad dad go i mean you, you between that and uh the the out-of-state license tag which is like what is it two hundred dollars and out-of-state trust me the non-resident tag's a little pricey but uh-huh. uh you know, compared to some other states, it's a little pricey, uh, but there's a lot of different reasons for that, but that would be a whole different show. <laughs> uh, hey, although that does bring up a couple of things. Before we get rolling into the story, I want to go ahead and give some kudos out to, to three organizations that made this story possible. Um, first one is DGIF, Virginia Department of Game and Inland Fisheries. They catch a lot of flack. I mean, if you want to talk about a thankless job, go work for a fishing game agency. But, you know, 60 years ago, Virginia was just about devoid of wildlife. And their hard work and hard work of conservation groups around them, we've got more stuff than we can say grace over. So they do a great job. They really try hard to manage the resource well. You know, mm-hmm. yes, they get some flack, and some of us deserve it, but they've done an awesome job. Um, Sportsman's Alliance, only organization I know of that's actually fighting back on behalf of sportsmen. You know, you, our buddy Sean Curran mm. does a great job there. Um, love them for what they do. You know, it, it's good to have a group actually stand up for us. And then uh, the Virginia Bear Hunters Association, you know, they, they're the only group in this state that speaks out on behalf of bear and bear hunters. Uh, and that's, that's kind of a tip of the, you know, tip of the hand of where their story's going. <laughs> well, let's, let's start, start down this path. I, I've got a different way of going about this than I think you may have imagined. I'm going to start off away. from my perspective, and that is uh, deer season has been underway uh, for quite some time uh, for you. For me, it's mm-hmm. only been open for about 10 days now uh, in my zone for, that I've got the majority of my property. So I have been jonesing to go hunting, and you have been kind enough to pepper me with stories. I believe you shot a deer. Two deer or just the no, one? No, I, I have not seen – I have only seen five deer total 
during daylight during the season. Only two of them in range, one of them a twig intervened on That's its right. behalf, uh, and the other one jumped across the trail from one thicket to another thicket. I couldn't even tell what it was other than deer. <laughs> um, and then, you know, then, a then a doe with two tiny yearlings, that's it. That's all. That's the totality. Well, I take that back. There were two young bucks that wind busted me last weekend when the wind shifts, but it's been pretty devoid for deer. Well, this goes back to what I said. It's the sportsman's paradise. Um, <laughs> no, I kid, but so I, th- I thought you, I thought you'd, killed a deer maybe it was one of my other buddies just pepper me no i'm trying to take one i mean the first one of the year gets donated to hunters for the hungry up here and you know here i am trying to do a good thing and i can't even get close enough to a deer to make it count i'm like well okay (laughs) we're getting close to boomstick season i know i'll put something down then (laughs) when when does gun season open for you muzzle over season opens next saturday november 3rd wow so you have a long bow season uh, it's the first month, the first, so from the first Saturday in October, that's when archery season opens is the first Saturday in October standard zone. Now there gotcha. are some early urban seasons and some special late seasons and such like that. But for the majority of the state, uh, archery season opens the first Saturday in October and then runs concurrent with all the other seasons. So Virginia is one of the states where you can use a lesser included weapon. So uh, muzzleloader season opens the first Saturday in November, and you can continue to bow hunt through archery or through muzzleloader season. And then the third Saturday in November, uh, general firearm season opens. So you can then hunt with a muzzleloader or, or archery tackle or a modern firearm. And that continues on. There's some, there's some variations as to when certain thing closes and when Mm -hmm. certain things open, but yeah, you can start putting deer on the ground in October generally. Um, and most of the state you can continue through with, with various combinations of things through the first Saturday in January. Dad gum. That's a healthy season. Yeah. And then then if you move most of the time, the zone that I hunt, uh, the limit is two per day. (laughs) <laughs> three three bucks per year two per day well that's pretty similar i have a possession limit of four and a two-day a deer limit yep yeah that's very similar <laughs> and if uh you know if if you're in virginia and you're and and you're starting to make a correlation between what he said with or urban hunting you you if you go towards the dc area that's where our previous guest taylor chamberlain was and a little shout out for him he's got a uh, a sick new video on First Light where they uh, First Light's website and YouTube channel where they uh, highlighted his urban hunting and it is quite funny. I encourage. Oh yeah, he to... can start killing deer up there. I think Labor Day weekend yep. or the Saturday after Labor Day, and he doesn't have to stop until like the end of April. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> and there, and it may actually be a little bit longer than that in certain areas, but I do know that it is unlimited. He can still take his three bucks per year. But it is unlimited. Otherwise, basically, wow. if he want, you know, if he wanted to take a five gallon bucket of arrows into the tree with him, you know, have fun. That's awesome. So, back to where, where I was getting with the perspective. I'm sitting here thinking, uh, thinking about deer hunting, and Sean sends me a message. I believe it was something to the effect of, "If a bear passes by, he's going to catch an arrow today." <laughs> So we're talking about deer hunting. He's in the deer. He's in the deer stand, and he says, "If a if a bear passes by, he's going to catch an arrow today." Now, as far as I'm going to take this, 
there was maybe two text messages sent to the group between me, Tyler Ross, and you from then to about 48 hours afterwards, 36 to 48 <laughs> hours afterwards. Yeah, and, it was, it was, uh, and yeah. there was a slight teaser that maybe something had happened. I think one of those two messages was simply a bloody arrow and the text, no bile. Yeah. Um, you take it you from want me there. To jump in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you want right, to, if you so. want to set some of the backdrop from your side, that's fine too. But yeah, no problem. So yeah, I was uh, I was on a piece of property that I I'd, I'd asked permission to hunt a few years back, and it's a it's a beautiful piece of land. It's it's private, um, but it, it it is not hunted. It, uh, it it's just an awesome piece of property. Um, so I finally tracked down the owners and asked permission a few years ago. And I, uh, other than, uh, other than one of my uncles and, uh, occasionally, a, a guest, I'm the only person that has permission to hunt it. Let's put it that way. I can't, I can't say I'm the only one on it. Um, so I've been scouting that trying to find deer sign. I'm, I'm trying to put a deer on the ground. So, um, I'm coming back around that afternoon to the, an area where I've seen the only decent feeding activity from something. Um, so I'm setting up there and what I was seeing was, was, uh, hickory nuts. They were actually cracked. Like you had put them in a, uh, in a nutcracker, you know, not, not squirrel, but mm-hmm. you know, like you had sheared the things open. I'm like, well, maybe the deers get eating those. I know they'll eat them in some of the Northern States. So, so I get up the tree and it's about, Oh, I don't know. Quarter after five. I've had an arrow knocked on the bow and it's hanging there and me and the bow and everything else is kind of swinging in the breeze. It's about a 10 to 15 at that point, about five fifteen, five twenty. I look over my shoulders and see movement and then kind of focus on it. And it, you know, the first thought through my mind was, Holy crap, that's a bear. Not exactly that, but pretty close. So up come the binoculars. And first thing I'm doing is checking to see, if it's by itself, because we've got a ton of bear. I mean, an absolute ton of bear. Um, you know, when I gave kudos earlier to DGIF, put it in perspective, uh, 1957-58, there were like a thousand bear in this state. Estimate last year is like 17, 18,000. Wow. So we got a ton of bear in this state, and it just increases every year. And, and people in the region have been seeing bear all the time. So I'm looking to make sure it's by itself. Well, I'm only seeing one large black object and no small black objects. I'm like, okay, so it is by itself. And, and, and as I, as one of my uncles put it when I was describing it to him, at this point in time, the, the, the adrenaline is starting to ramp up, and I'm shaking like a beagle trying to pass a peach pit. <laughs> so I, I, get the, I get the range finder up. And I'm starting to range where it is. And I range at about 109 yards. And I think I sent you and Tyler um, a message. And I sent one to my, my wife and uncle. And basically, bear, 109 yards out, back later. You know, and the phone went off. Because I'm like, the last thing I want is that thing buzzing in a pocket or something, you know, at the wrong time. Right. So I'm thinking, well, if it comes this direction, I'm going to take a shot. I'm like, well, I wonder if I can make it come this direction. So I lip squeaked like you would do to get the attention mm-hmm. of a coyote or something like that. Well, its head goes up and it starts kind of, you know, looking around like, where'd that come from? And then it starts feeding slowly in an arc in my general direction. So I'm like, 
oh, it's coming here. So now I start trying to figure out what my range markers are. So I'm ranging around in that area, and I finally get one tree to bounce back through all the vegetation and stuff at 26 yards. And I'm like, I am, I'm, I'm money at 26. Okay, now I have a range reference. I've kind of got an arc. I'm like, if it comes into that tree or closer, and I get a clear shot, we're good. Well, I, at this point, I'm like, I need to get the bow ready. So I get the bow off. I'm, you know, and it's steady coming in my direction. But damn if it didn't come right to my 26 yard tree and it's and it's you know quarter and hard toward at that point so i'm clearly not taking a quarter and toward shot on a bear and i I could tell that it was a good size bear not a giant bear but a legal bear in virginia legal bears live weight 100 pounds or bigger so it was it was clearly larger than 100 pounds no question but it was not one of those, you know, drop your teeth, kind of look at it and go, I'm not really sure if I'm going to shoot that mm-hmm. size bear. This was a good one, but not a giant. Right. So I'm like 26 quarter and hard toward. I'm thinking, well, I can go ahead and draw and hold. And if, as it comes, it, it will give me something better. Right. Well, here's where the rodeo starts. So as I'm drawing, the arrow pops off the string, like at about half draw. What? I was sort of the thought that went through my head as well. Not <laughs> I'm sure. <quite. laughs> yeah. Let's just put it this way. I'm from a construction family. I have a military background, and all my family is former military. I can't think without cussing. So I was burning it up right then. Well, as I'm catching the arrow and trying to let the bow back down and trying not to do all kinds of funky stuff, the bear catches movement and it's now inside of 20 yards, pretty much directly below me. So it's kind of, you know, cocked its head to its side like a dog would do. And it's kind of looking at me and looking up at me and trying to figure out what's going on. And the whole time, it was feeding toward me. It had had its nose up every now and then, you know, it stopped and, you know, just kind of snuffle in just like, right. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. I'm thinking it it smells me, you know, it can smell me. It just can't figure out where I am or maybe what I am, but it can smell me. Well, it's doing that at, you know, inside of 20 yards while it's looking at me. And then it kind of got this, I have no idea what's going on but I think I've about had all of this fun I want to have. <laughs> and it turns and starts going away from me. Um, I'm in a saddle, so I'm facing the tree. Let's just say that that's 12 o'clock. The bear at this point in time is at 6 o'clock. It is directly behind me. Wow. So it starts swinging to my, my shooting side, going away from me at about one-eighth away. Not quite quarter, not broadside, but kind of filtering that way, going, you know, 6, 6.30, Well, as it comes past about 7 o'clock, I've got the arrow back on the string, clicked in good. I draw back, and I'm getting swinging on it. And I, I will tell you this much right now as far as the saddle goes. I would never have gotten the shot that I got on this bear if it was not for a saddle. Because I was up 15, 16 feet in this tree, standing on a ring of steps above my sticks. 
when the bear started coming in and I realized where it was going to be in that general vicinity, I realized I did not have a clear opening at that height. I loosened the tether up, dropped it down, climbed back down the steps, and I was standing on the bottom rung of a three-step stick. So I went from 16, 15, 16 feet up to about 12 feet. So I'm down below where I would have otherwise been set up. Nothing else is going to give you the ability to do that. Right. And I'm swinging into the tree locked in tight as this thing clears the set of, you know, the low brush and such. And, and it's behind a tree. When it steps out from a tree, I guess it at 30 yards, absolutely clear, about one-eighth away, you know, angled away. And it pauses. Now, I'm going to tell you, I tried to lip squeak or whistle or something like that, but that was not happening at that point. My mouth was a bit dry. (laughs) So I'm locked in. As it pauses, I get ready to hit it with the arrow right where you would hit a deer. And I remembered conversations and podcasts with Clay Newcomb and some other folks that I know about where you shoot a bear. And I was like, no, middle of middle. Don't shoot a bear where you shoot a deer. You will end up with a lost bear. Come back to basically the dead center point, and if anything, try to hit slightly in front of that, just like an inch or two. So as I'm swinging to middle of middle, lock in there, you know, squeeze the release. As the shot breaks, the bear takes a half a step forward and Mm. turns more quarter and away. And I watch Fletchings go into that black mass. The lighted knock, I do not see. And the bear just explodes out of there like a scalded cat. It is now 540, 545. Dead dark is 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm watch, I watch the bear run off. I turn back. I'm looking for a lighted knock. I don't see one. I'm like, okay, I need to calm down and get out of the tree. So I calm down. It takes about 20 minutes and start working only? my way out of the tree. What's that? Only? Uh, roughly 20 minutes <laughs> to the point to where I could actually do anything functional. Yes. Right, right. So I lower the bow down and I'm just tearing my whole setup down because I'm like, well, at this point, I'm not coming back to this tree. You know, no matter what happens, I have hit a bear. So I tear all my stuff down, get down on the ground, pack all my stuff, walk over to the shot site, start looking, see arrow, and the arrow is coated in blood. I mean, just coated. I'm sniffing the arrow. It does not smell like gut. just smells like clean, rich blood. I'm like, well, we have a hit bear. Mm. I see nothing at the hit site, and at that point, I back out. Because it is 6.15, you know, 6.15, 6.20. I've got 30 minutes maybe of daylight left. Right. I'm like, I'm going to do nothing at this point except mess this up. So out I come, start making phone calls. One of the hunter education instructors that that I um, got my certification with is a gentleman named Fadi Bahoof. He lives down in Bedford County, which is about an hour and a half away. He has a he has a blood trailing dog. I saw that when I pulled it up on the website looking for blood tracking dogs. Mm-hmm. I called Foddy. He's like, absolutely love to come up and help. So he commits to come up the next morning about nine, 
he'll be there about nine, nine thirty. Like, great. In the meantime, I also reached out to a gentleman that I know that I have looked up to since I was a little kid. Um, he's actually the a retired game warden that taught me my hunter safety course when I was in the seventh grade, uh, a guy named Mike Hall. And Mike has gone on you know, after he's retired and everything else. He teaches a professional tracking course to law enforcement, special forces, contractors, you name it, people that have to find people primarily all over the world. Wow. And he is phenomenal. Yeah, Mike's, Mike's awesome. So I reached out to Mike going, hey, do you know anybody that can help track a wounded bear or might have a dog that can do it? Well, you could have knocked me over with a feather when Mike sends a message back saying, I'd love to help if I can, but I can be there by noon. I'm like, mm. come on, baby. Let's go. <laughs> that's a no brainer. Yeah. And I'm not a smart him, man, but that's an easy decision. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, right, exactly. You, right. You ain't got to hit me with a wet mop. I know what's going on here. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I tell him that we've got a blood tracking dog coming in first thing in the morning. He's like, that's great. Let me know um, if you find it with the dog. If not, I can be there at noon. I'm like, can do. And so Foddy rolls up in the morning. Um, his little dog, Xander, is a German wire hair pointer. That's an awesome little critter. I mean, mm. that's just, that's an awesome little dog. Well, Xander has tracked deer before, but not bear. Um, and bear are a different thing than deer. Xander can't lock on to anything. You know, mm. he's at the shot site. He's sniffing the arrow. He can't lock on to a scent. No fault of the dogs whatsoever, because we can't find any blood sign or anything like that on the ground, except Unreal. on the arrow. Yeah. So we can't find anything. Xander can't lock in. And after about hmm, hour and a half, Foddy's like, he can't really lock in. We can go search the rest of the area down here. What do you want to do? And I said, well, with Mike coming in, let's go ahead and pull out. That way Mike's got as much um, tracking capabilities as he's got, you know, as little disturbance as possible. Um, which Foddy's totally cool with. He's like, look, let me know if there's anything I can do. Let me know how this turns out. You know, this right, will help me. Right. And it did actually, um, you know, I'll get to this later, but Foddy's a great guy, a fantastic guy and indicative of, of hunter education instructors. I'm proud to be one and, and proud to associate with those folks. Um, but we pull out of there, Foddy leaves. I go back out to the little convenience store nearby, meet Mike, and Mike and I get back in there about mm, 12.30, 1 o'clock, uh, tw about, I guess maybe about 12 o'clock. So Mike and I, Mike showed up early. We got back into where the shot site was about noon. Um, looking around, looking around, looking around, and we're not finding any sign on the ground, nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. So this is where Mike's expertise comes in. He said, okay, well, we've got a hillside here, a creek at the bottom. You think it went in this direction. You saw it go that way. What we're going to do is we're going to start looking at those steep banks. He said, because tracking anything on level ground is hard. It doesn't leave much disturbance, but nothing goes up and down a hill without scuff marks. Right. Like, Smart. Well, that makes perfect sense. Duh. Right. I mean, but that's... 
You know, I hadn't thought of that. I've never, I've no, no one's ever told me that all the years I've tracked deer and stuff like that, that you think that'd be something that people pass along. Right. Well, like I, I was thinking to myself, okay, lesson number one, log that, you know, put yeah. that in your, yeah. you know, put that away. So we're, we're doing that and we're coming down the, the hillside, you know, wa- walking along the Creek bed below the shot site and we're 250 yards from the shot site mm. at this point, having found absolutely nothing, zero. Um, Dead gum. Okay, real yeah. quick, real quick. Yeah. At this point, you you've crashed from your high. I I, I have a feeling you're a pre, uh, approaching a low point in this story, if not the lowest. Actually, no. I I know I did not crash at all um, because my thought process on this was. One of two things happened. Either I liver punch this bear and it is dead and I will find it. Or that arrow went further back and lower than I thought it did. And it went through the hind leg and it's a flesh wound, you know, and unless I hit that femoral artery, at which point in time I would have a geyser I'd be following. That's a flesh wound. And this is going to be a bear with a unique scar. So I'm like, if it's dead, I'm going to find it. If it's not dead, okay, that's fine too. So I'm going back and forth between those two. I just want, I just want to find enough verification or no verification at all so that I can choose between one of those two outcomes. That's it. Right. So at which, which was really cool. And I think that helped a lot. That was either, it was a, it's either this or it's right. that. If it's dead, I'm going to find it. Right. You know, so we're 250 yards from the shot site and Mike's looking up the hill and we're, we're walking along. He goes, okay, stop for a second. I think I've got a line of travel coming down this direction. And this is not the first time that we've, we've done this, but you know, at this point it's like, okay, I think I've got, a line of travel. And this is probably the sixth or seventh one of these that we've looked at, you know, because we've got deer running up and down the hill. We got raccoons and possums, and, you know, Foddy and me and Xander. And I mean, that hillside has been traveled. <laughs> yeah. So he said, well, I think I've got this here. And I said, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I tell him, I said, well, look, we did not come this far down. Um, we didn't swing down into this range except for the other side of the creek, and that was just here. But we did not travel that hillside right there. He's like, okay, well, that rules out, you know, everything except all the wildlife. I'm like, right. So we're looking at that, and he said, you know, so we're trying to figure out a line of travel from it. And I turn around and look in the creek, and there's a snapped-off poplar twig that looks like somebody hit it with a red paintbrush. Wow. And I'm like, Mike, we got blood. He's like, what? So he comes running down there, you know, and I'm pulling my kill kit out, um, which is, I love this thing. Um, I'll, I'll put this up on the show notes or something, or I'll put a post up on, on CTO as what my kill kit is. But I pull my kill kit out, pull out a little thing of hydrogen peroxide to confirm. I squirt one area of that, and it foams up like crazy. I'm like, yep, oh. confirmed. We have blood. And Mike looks at me, he goes, well, that'll recharge your battery. <laughs> like, I'm like, hell yeah, it will. So uh, he's like, okay, you you have the, the Onyx map on your phone. You got your GPS up. Go ahead and drop a pin here, which I'm doing that in, you know, 
pretty quickly anyway. And uh, he's like, go ahead and shoot a bearing back to there. And he's doing the same thing. He's like, okay, I've got 340 degrees line of travel. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I've got the same or within one or two degrees. He's like, perfect. I'm like, okay. He goes, now, he's like, I, I haven't tracked enough bear to be definitive. He said, but the bear that I have tracked until they get to toward the end of their track, either from blood loss or they're, they're looking for a specific spot. They generally travel in a dead straight line. Mm. He goes, well, I guess we'll find out whether or not this one did or not. Like, okay. So drop that pin. Now that's maybe one thirty, one o'clock, one thirty. Wow. So we've been at it for an hour, hour and a half. 250 yards just basically grid searching well you know parallel line searching around this around this bluff with absolutely nothing to go on now we've got one spot of blood well we continue to search this entire bottom for another two and a half hours almost three hours finding nothing we're going due north up into some planted pines uh, we're working all the way along the bottom. We're searching the hill to make sure it didn't d- double back. We're look nothing. I mean, when I say nothing, I mean, not even a line of travel, nothing. Dead God. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing. Well, we're heading towards, uh, never a clear cut that was just scalped and then left fallow about seven or eight years ago. So you can imagine how mm, thick that is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, sounds like a good time. Yeah. He's like, we both agree (laughs) that if I was that bear, yeah, that's where I'd go. Absolutely. I would too. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, we've swung all the way to the far north edge of this property, um, and are working back down that line adjacent to this cutover. And, uh, he's like, let me know as we're getting closer to that, to that, 340 bearing like, okay yeah no problem so we're we're looking and we're 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 checking some of the things out and i find the most impenetrable buck bed possible mark that on gps i'll be back there next weekend um <laughs> so yeah, i'll tell you about stay that tuned for next point. week guys we're gonna talk about I'll a buck from virginia another day, but, <laughs> so we're we're coming down this and i'm like mike we're at about 350 355 so we're kind of coming into this range she's like okay another 15 20 minutes goes by as we're working our way down that edge and i he's like well how are you feeling i said look at this point i either want to find it or don't find it you know it's like either we're gonna find it because it's dead or we're not gonna find it because it's not i have no more than said that and like 60 seconds later mike goes Sean, I got blood. I got a lot of blood. Oh, man, have I got blood. Oh, man. So I go tearing over there, you know, drop you know, at this point. Now, remember what we're looking at as far as the thicket. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Remember what it is we're trailing? Uh-huh. Wounded bear. Mike's on hands and knees crawling up in this thing. Oh, here's a spot. Here's a spot. Here's a spot. <laughs> I'm like, Mike, shouldn't you pull that pistol or something? Oh, yeah. So, pull it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we're both just excited as we can be. 
we're, we're, you know, we work our way into this thing. And I mean, it's, it looks like you have gone past trees with a paint roller. Oh man. I mean, when he said he's got a lot of blood, he's got a Stevie wonder follows this one trail. So about, <laughs> yeah, no about kill kit needed for this in. one. What's that? No, no, kill no, kit no needed. hydrogen peroxide needed for this one. Um, so about 30 yards into this thicket, I see a little small opening where I can actually stand up. So I kind of worked my way over to that, and I'm about 15, 20 feet from Mike. I stand up, and as I stand up, because we're crawling toward, you know, an old, probably an old skid road or an old drag road that has a bunch of logs stacked up on the side of it. So it's kind of like a berm. I'm like, I might want to take a peek over that before I, you know, pop my face over it. Yeah. Just kind of <laughs> like, self, you might want to think about this. So I stand up and I'm like, we're going right toward that log. And I'm, you know, kind of looking around. I said, there's a real dark log behind it. Wait a second. I take a couple of steps and I'm like, Mike, bear, dead bear. At that point, <laughs> we just, we were bowling through it and um, ended up being about a 200, 225 pound sow um, that the shot was too far back. It was right in front of the, the right, the right rear leg. Um, but angled forward at a, a hard quarter and away angle, punched through all of that stuff, absolute center punch the liver, uh, punched the offside lung, I mean, just through and through it, and out behind the, about halfway back the offside ribcage. So, mm. I mean, just wrecked it. That bear went a half a mile on the ground, you know, down That's a hill, unreal. across the creek, through, a, you know, through kind of a flat area and into that thicket half mile and left not one drop of blood on the ground that we could find. And in fact, the exit wound was a, a classic sucking chest wound. So nothing was going out of it. It was just pulling back in. Right. 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 The entrance wound. How do I put this? politely was plugged by internal material that was no uh, longer internal. Uh. Um, but that's where all the blood was coming from was from the entrance wound side. And when I said nothing hit the ground, the blood was just oozing out of that, but it never made it below the knee. Unreal. So, so the only thing that we were getting was when she would brush up against something and, that the bear was recovered at about four o'clock. So we tracked that thing for, let's just say four hours Yeah. for a half a mile. And the only spot of blood was 250 yards from the shot site. Holy and it God. was on, he's like, take a bearing back 340 degrees, absolute dead straight line. Interesting. Here's the other. There's another. That, that's another thing. That's another little tip to put in. You know, oh, yeah. in your hat oh, yeah. right there. Absolutely. I mean, that's... put that back there. Like bear going a straight line. Well, here's why that bear went in a straight line to that point. If she'd gone over that log and curled up in the bed, well, not made a bed. She curled up in a bed. Mm. And as we go to 
to where and, and it she had basically died right there but it looked like she'd gotten up and tried to move and just literally fallen over backwards she was probably dead within i figure it took that bear 90 seconds to cover a half mile wow and if that long and she was probably dead in five minutes at the most Holy i mean cow. with a with a with a lung and a liver hit like that and she was stiff as a board. So she had, there was little to no suffering whatsoever. She was, she was very, very done very quickly, very humane. Um, but when it basically, the bear went to reposition or something else, she fell over on her back dead. Well, standing in that spot, looking around in an area, probably the size of most people's kitchens, I counted no less than 16 different beds the exact same shape and size so that was that's where that bear had been bedding when it got hit it knew exactly what bearing to take to get back to its safe spot and it shifted on its axis and took a beeline straight back to it unreal that's another little tidbit i put back there i'm like okay now i know what a bear bedding area looks like well not only that now you know where there is one and and if there are more bear as many bear in the area as you're talking about something else is going to take its spot probably well see we've got one bear in the area we call tank uh been chasing that one for five or six years now Mm. and uh, maybe longer than that and the first fall that that bear was seen it was mistaken for a four-wheeler three times no yes i'm not joking god yeah one of my uncles was the first one to see it he was in a tree stand and as the sun came up he remembered looking over toward an old log road and he said i remember asking myself well i didn't know that so-and-so was down here i wonder why he left his four-wheeler there he said you know he saw that and kind of turned and scanned the other direction and when he scanned back toward that log road it was gone wow and then about a week and a half later, you know, in another old log road intersection, you know, same uncle's coming down that road and sees what he thinks is a four-wheeler go up and over. And he's like, well, who's back here other than me? And gets up there and there's bear track in it. God almighty. That's. He's a big one. Now, is he as big <laughs> as that one I sent you photos of? Bigger. No. And you remember the video that I sent you, that Matt Paulson sent me? Yes. That size. Wow. That that's size. A, that's a grocery getter right there. That's a... That's a... Uh, well... Letting itself so, into your pantry and there's nothing you're going to do about it. it right. So, <laughs> um, so Mike and I now have a dead bear in the middle of a thicket. To get it out, you're going to love this. We, we get it. We, we Well, I dress it because it was basically only one of us needs to smell like this. Um, it was, it was, it was a distinct odor. I, you know, and that bear had been eating hickory nuts. I confirmed that that's what I had been seeing. Interesting. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, they'll eat anything. So I get the bear out of the thicket and it's beautiful, beautiful hide, beautiful pelt, beautiful. So he's like, I reckon you want to make a rug out of this. I said, absolutely. He said, well, we probably don't want to drag it a half mile. I said, no. So if you've ever dealt with a dead bear, you realize that uh, you now have 200 plus pounds of dead weight that acts like jello with no handles. Oh no. So Mike takes 
Meg takes uh, one of my knives, a Battle Horse knife. Uh, great company. Things built like a tank. Takes that and batons down a dead uh, dogwood tree about 10 foot long. And we tie it to the pole and carry it between our shoulders. You know, the old school yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that uh, looks a whole lot better in pictures than it actually feels. <laughs> I would not recommend that unless you have to do it. You're the second person to give me that warning. The first one was Adam Cruz, and that was with a mule deer. Yeah. Um, now, I have figured that if you had four people, two up front and two in the back, and you did it mm. like an X, two poles, yeah, and hung a foot off of each pole so that the thing's not swinging yep. between yep. you, and you've got it distributed. At that point, man, I think you're into berries. I mean, I don't think I think that would be a piece of cake. But two people, one pole, no bueno. <laughs> no, don't do that. Just just take my word for it. Don't do that. So, Dead so gone. we got it out. Um, you know, it's uh, the meat's currently aging in coolers on the back of my truck. You know, Monty Browning style under ice and, you know, drain the water out and just keep it cold about 34 degrees. Work it up next weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. So what do you think the, the gross weight would have been? Um, she's almost exactly the same size as the first bear I killed with a rifle a couple of years. Well, uh, actually it's been 11 years ago now. Um, so 200 225 that range wow and you're going to yield yeah. what 60 pounds of meat probably 80 80 80 80 or better wow. um yeah i mean and, and there's a lot of meat that comes off the bear. it's a shame you can't eat bear what you mean you can't eat bear that stuff's <laughs> delicious man i don't know who told you you can't eat bear but i'll, I'll step over a whitetail to get to a bear <laughs> No, I'm just messing with you. We we had a conversation about different things we'd eat and we wouldn't eat, and uh, oh, you, you, you sang yeah. its praises. So I, I was just poking fun at that conversation. Oh man, but. I'm gonna tell you, it's, it's some good stuff now. Uh, but you, what you have to do is you have to treat that meat completely differently. You can't throw that thing on the back of the truck and drive around town and show it off, right? Uh, I mean, because that hair that soaked up all that blood is is a great insulator. You know, go find the thickest blanket that you've got in your house. Right. Yep. yep. Throw that thing on. Oh, but you forgot all the fat. Okay, so go throw your puffy insulated jacket mm-hmm. on under that blanket. Then throw the blanket on and go walk around for a while. I can see that getting foul in a car in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'll probably lose a little bit from from not recovering it immediately, but most of it is pretty good. Now, is uh, bear fat like tallow, or could, can you render bear fat? I, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to render some of this. I'm going to, I'm going to try to render this down into bear oil and, and such like that. Not to be cooked with, but just to use it for, you know, my traditional muzzleloader and stuff. And, yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, from what I, I, I don't know, I haven't tried that before. But uh, so you'll, you'll get a kick out of this too. The, the first bear that I killed 11 years ago, uh, my oldest daughter, who's 15 laid claim to that one that bear rug as soon as it came in the house uh it was a well daddy that will that will help if if a monsters get past you know she has some (laughs) some other thing if monsters get past there then the bear will eat them (laughs) i i I couldn't argue with that logic so that bear rug has been in my (laughs) oldest daughter's room since it came home um 
I FaceTimed with my youngest one to show her the bear that I got back. You know, I said, you know, what do you think? She's like, oh, daddy, that's a bear. I was like, yeah, it's a bear. She's like, it's, it's a bear. It's a bear. I was like, yeah, I, was like, I told you I got a bear. She was convinced that I got a deer. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a bear. And uh, so she, I was like, what do you think? She's like, it is pretty. I love it. I was like, oh, you do, huh? She said, like, yeah. I said, does it look like the one in Sis's room? She's like, yes. Like, do you want a bear in your room like Sis's room? And this little angelic face with these great big eyes looked at me through the phone and went, yes, please. <laughs> bear number two, rug gone. <laughs> you, can tell, you can tell that you're not partial at all to that little girl. No, they don't have me wrapped around their fingers. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> But the be- the best part of the whole thing, you know, and well, the cap off. I mean, obviously, all right. The best parts of the entire thing. Getting to getting to work with with uh, with Foddy and and his dog Xander was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I learned a ton. I learned a ton about how those dogs work and what they do. Foddy called me the next day. You know, I sent him a message and let him know that we found the bear. He and I debriefed, and then. Um, he has actually gone to check with some of the game biologists and, and deputies and such in his area to find, um, you know, roadkill bear, some hide or a paw or something like that, that he can use to help Xander track bear. Nice. So, yeah. So he, he's taken this to another level, which is fantastic. And Foddy's an awesome guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I respect him quite a bit. He's a very, very good instructor, good man. So that was awesome. That was cool. And then working with Mike Hall, man, I'm, I'm still, I'm still processing everything I've learned from Mike and it's going to take me a good while. Uh, and he's, he was so open and, and, and so willing to teach and to share and just as into it. Um, I mean, he just had a great time doing the whole thing, Mm. you know, and toward the end of it, you know, his son called his son and his friend came over and helped us, you know, get the bear out for like the last 80 yards or such. But <laughs> my, his son called and was but you like, appreciate that. dude, I could have used those two workhorses about an hour and a half before, you know, 20 <laughs> something, you know, 20 something year old or like 30 year old kids. And one of them looked like you should be playing linebacker somewhere. I'm like, yeah, we could have used you a while ago, <laughs> but, uh, you know, his son called and Mike's like, you know, you know, I've been out here with a friend all day trying to help him find a bear. And I'm like, you know, you calling me a friend is, that's yeah. awesome. I'll, I'll take it. But, um, you know, that was, that was fantastic. And then to meet, you know, so there are only a few check stations in Virginia where you can check in or in each County where you can check in bear, they have to be checked in. Right. Um, you know, unlike deer where we just, check them in on a computer on the phone. These have to be checked in in person and they pull a tooth so they can, they can um, section them and figure out the age and all the rest of that. Sure. So I took it to this one little store called Williams store down in Williamstown, Virginia. And unless you know where it is, you can't find it. Well, Ms. <laughs> Williams, Ms. Williams is that's her family store and she's worked in it pretty much her whole life. I think that woman has probably checked in a third of all the bear killed in that county. And that's a lot. Wow. <laughs> so she's out there and she's looking at it and such. And 
well, how did you get this out all by yourself? I said, well, I didn't. And there's some, there's some good old boys there that, that I grew up with. And both several of them are better as rough as a cop. I mean, they, they, they're good, but you know, the type, yep. I mean, they're, they're good. They're good folks, but they're a little rough around the edges. And well, how'd you get us? I said, well, I didn't get out by myself. I had some help. Well, who was that? I said, Mike Hall. You could have heard a pin drop and knocked that whole bunch over with a with a chicken feather. Really? And one of them looked at me and went, "You mean the game warden?" <laughs> I said, "Well, a retired game warden, but yeah, that might call." God damn, he's always trying to catch you, not help you. I said, "Well, you know, maybe you just need to ask him the right way." <laughs> I mean, it. You, they were like, I don't believe it. Well, yeah, you, you can believe it. So, Dad, it was, that was just awesome. And I get home and I'm asking the little one whether or not she's been big all weekend, or, you know, and helping mm-hmm. mommy out. She says, no, daddy, I'm not big. I just small. And she is a tiny little thing. I said, <laughs> you just small, huh? She says, yes, when I get big, I'm going to go hunting and get a bear with you. I'm like, yep. Yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. That, that's that yeah. next generation already addicted to taking daddy's pelts and. Yeah, I got to give her something to do. She'll take over the world. <laughs> you're doing us a favor is what you're saying. You, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this, man. I don't yeah. want to keep you much longer because we're coming up on an hour here. And to be completely frank, I'm going to go deer hunting this afternoon. Get some. I'm going to. I'm going to try. Well, I can't shoot a bear. I was going to say I'm going to try and shoot a bear, but they took that away from us. But. Yeah, yeah. You, they jack up a jail and slide you underneath on that one. That's it. I got a question for you. Yeah. You have to pick one thing from this entire story. One life lesson, hunting lesson that you learned from this entire story. What was it? It's a two-part. All right. It's a two-part. Uh, Mike Hall quote, you can't find them if you don't look. Okay. So if you know you've hit something, you you owe it to, to yourself, to the game, to every other hunter out there, you know, to, to every one of them coming behind us to look. And by look, I don't mean walk over and look around and go, oh, I must have missed. I mean, look. You know, you can't find them if you don't look. And then don't give up. Because I will be flat blunt with you, and I told Mike this many times. This bear would not have been found if he didn't come over there because I didn't have the confidence in myself and the the expertise that, I, that he had and that mm-hmm. I started picking up a bit from him to know what to look for and how to look for it. But don't give up. Get help. You know, get good help. Don't get 40, 11 of your buddies out there and go tromping all over the world because you'll you know, you Jack never find anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But you can't find them if you don't look, and then don't give up. It's out there somewhere. Go get it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I am the only downside to this story. And you know how I am about this kind of thing. The only downside to this story is there's no photos to speak of. However, <laughs> we we talked about that going into it. And, uh, you know, we, we outlined that, you know, you and I both have faces for radio. But also, you kind of, you know, the bear had been sitting for a while. And, and priorities were in the right place. You didn't sit there and waste any time, you know, 
taken a gripping grin or anything like that. You got the meat out of there like you should have. So, well, we were burning daylight. I mean, it came out at dark. I mean, right at dark, it right. got loaded. So we were we were running out of time. We had already run out of energy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I was, that was a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, and I was fighting the clock on. Uh, I was fighting the clock on getting that thing cooled down. I mean, the first thing I did when I got back to the first convenience store I passed, and don't even ask how much a damn bag of ice costs, but I bought several bags of ice and shoved them in the cavity of that bear, yeah, and sure. you know, got it, got it cooling down as quickly as I could. But you know, my priorities weren't pictures. You know, I'll have the pictures in my head from here to, you know, here until that starts turning gray. But uh, <laughs> you keep carrying this bear out. That'll probably be sooner rather than later. <sighs> Man, I'm going to tell you this much right now. I need to have a conversation with DJIF and some, some, some game biologists. Them jokers need to come out in pieces. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's a, that's another that's another topic for another day. But right now, bear mostly out up here come out whole. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm, that needs that needs to change. <laughs> I, there I are several there are several bear that live too far to be drugged that would disagree with you. Yeah, you know, I've been in some places before where I'm like, you know, if, if a bear the size of a tank walked by, I might just have to look at him and go, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's awesome, dude. Well, listen, I appreciate the hell out of you coming on the show and sharing that story. That's only, I believe, the second bear hunting story we've had. That's the first one that we've had from the south. I'd like to get some more on here. I know there's some, some diehard bear hunters in some of the states around here, especially North Georgia, and I think bear hunting's still legal in North Carolina, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, I gave you one. Get Matt Paulson on here. That boy, that boy is in on killing some monster bear in eastern North Carolina. Well, um, and uh, Steve nicely and some boys up here with the Virginia Bear Hunters Association. And yeah, we'll get on it, man. I'm I'm have to get more 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 people on here because. I'm learning about bear hunting. You know, you, you and I have talked many a time about how I'm kind of conflicted when it comes to bear, but uh, uh, I think you're probably right when summary what you said the other day that if I was given the opportunity, I'd probably end up hammering one. Well, we need to get you up here and get one in front of you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, sus- I suspect the only way that bear wouldn't be coming home with you is if you were sitting there shaking. Well, let, let's just put it this way. <laughs> We're going to find out real quick how calm you can get your nerves because if you think a deer gets you worked up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't seen nothing yet, huh? Man, I'm sitting. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I could, I could, I could say a whole lot of off color things about how nervous you would get, but you can draw your own conclusions on that one. <laughs> you, you, you probably ain't fumbled with nothing that bad in a good number of years. Probably not. Probably not. Hope my <laughs> wife isn't listening. <laughs> uh, Elena already knows. <laughs> All right, man. Hang on one second. I want to chat with you. I'm going to wrap this out. Guys, I know I have been derelict in my duties lately, but uh, this this episode marks uh, a turning point for the rest of the season. I'm going to get as many episodes as I can out while still hunting. Uh, so look for them to be coming out in more uh, routine schedule moving forward. And if you enjoyed bear hunting, that topic, let me know. Uh, I can also say this. If you enjoyed listening to Sean, the man has got more stories than to fill four volumes worth of books. 
So let me know if you want me to have him back on. I'll twist his arm a little harder next time and uh, get him back on to share maybe some maybe some uh, small game style uh, stories and, and, and experiences. So until next time, y'all get outside. Go enjoy the outdoors. Mm-hmm.